2: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope.
0: This one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham junior he
3: did. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Viz Overtime on Road of Viz Radio, my name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and once again, joined by the co-owner over at rotoviz.com, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are getting ready here for the weekend's action. It is going to be uh, one where my heart may not be able to take it for the entirety of the Packers game this weekend. Hopefully, it will turn out okay. Uh, I certainly would rather be playing uh, the Seahawks than the Saints, but it's one of those things that you feel like it could be you know, counting your chickens. I always have a fear of the the Seahawks ever since the 2014 (laughs) NFC Championship game so hopefully this time i won't end up feeling as bad as i did on that occasion uh, and the Packers can advance but it's gonna be a very fascinating weekend as the the teams on bye obviously come into the action um and of course that means the ravens the chiefs and the the 49ers who are leading the way as the favorites to win it all um are back in action so it's gonna be a fun weekend be excited for the games this saturday and sunday
1: i am and when you look at the young stars for the tennessee titans a week ago we picked them as perhaps the dark horse in the afc playoffs and they did get through the patriots there now they have the baltimore ravens some similarities between the two teams with the elite running games It'll be interesting to see how the defenses handle sort of the combined lamar jackson mark ingram juggernaut and then certainly with the titans how that Ravens defense handles Derrick Henry one of the cool things I think when you're watching the Titans at this point is that they have gotten away from some of the types of running plays that Henry struggles with he's one of those guys who doesn't move side to side well at all but has this really unique sort of once in a generation size speed combo to where when they can get him downhill uh, he what we're seeing from him purely as a runner is a look and a type of success that is very, very rare in the NFL. And I think that battle, obviously, is is what people are looking forward to there. And certainly, depending upon how the Ravens handle that, uh, we would like to see AJ Brown do a little bit more than he did against the Patriots last week we talked about how that was one possibility with the specific strengths of the Patriots defense I think they'll need more from him this week if they're going to come through
3: yeah and Derek Henry just uh, it it seems to just be that I can't get over his size every time I see him and another player you mentioned A.J. Brown his size as a wide receiver versus some of the cornerbacks it's just it's just like uh, you know a a grown man and uh, a child playing uh, catch together so uh, Henry with a a big game there it'll be interesting to see how much time is taken off the clock this week with uh, both teams very very heavily invested in the run game so that one is one that I'm looking forward to watching this weekend on the show today we're going to talk about uh, the, the 2019 rookie class we've kind of talked about it at times about certain individual players where it would go if we went back and looked through it again but today what we're going to do is we are literally going to go back and look at the 2019 rookie draft class uh, as if the draft was happening at this point in time so there was a there, there's always a big change after every season but I think Sean there's a big change this season but not necessarily Due to players who have disappointed a lot of the time, we will see it kind of somebody maybe who was a very late pick will push themselves all the way up to the top. But I think this year a lot of those players, particularly at the wide receivers and a couple of the running backs, have really delivered, and there's a lot of promise there for them. You know, over the next couple of years, if we look at it, you know, in a two to three year window, um, in terms of our expectations, um, so we'll go down through it. But I guess you t- I touched on there. Uh, I'll let you go through your your top three as if uh, the the class was done today. Um, if you want to go through through your three favorites and um, how, how strong of a case they have, you know, and why, why they maybe weren't expected to do what they've done this season.
1: Yeah, well, we didn't talk about this before. So let's put you on the spot a little bit here. I have on, in the article, I've redrafted the first round of the 2019 rookie draft, looking at some of those changes. As you mentioned, it's kind of a cool class because Although there were some disappointments, I think mostly what we've seen in terms of the reshuffling are players rising having fantastic rookie seasons that were a little bit unanticipated certainly making this particular draft class which looked weak on the surface or not didn't have the stars it had the depth at wide receiver that perhaps was overlooked a little bit certainly had some opportunities to restock at tight end uh, this position that just simply doesn't have a lot of nfl stars and certainly in your dynasty leagues if you have that top tight end it gives you just an extra player in your starting lineup basically so those guys may be falling a little bit some injuries some quarterback situation uh, but certainly still relevant but what i'd like to do here is for us to alternate go through draft against each other in this first round one-on-one and so i'll give you the first pick here and see if you would like one of those emerging wide receivers or if you're going to go with one of the running backs
3: yeah well i'm, I'm gonna always go wide receiver and you did head on the tight ends there and I, I think it's fair to say as we go through it as well they'll they'll drop down in terms of our value for you know what people would have thought i've always been in the mindset that the tight end is that year three player where i try and target them when they're becoming more of a veteran player so they're players that thankfully aren't on my rosters even though there has been a drop in value i always think acquiring them heading into that second or third years a good strategy sean i think I, I would be remiss if the pick here isn't uh, A.J. Brown. I think it, it has to be uh, based on what we've seen off him over over the season in general, especially since Ryan Tannehill came in. But you talked about Derrick Henry and his size, speed, Uh, kind of abilities A.J. Brown has just like impressed me in every single way one of his most impressive catches I think of the season might have been uh, in the game two weeks ago um, in the regular season where he caught the ball for a touchdown that then led to a Derek Henry one yard rush um, and he caught it basically at the one yard line uh, in double coverage and it's a throw that should probably never have been thrown uh, and he just basically bossed it to, to take it down so any player who can win those contested catches and also has the ability after the catch is somebody who's very Intriguing, and particularly then when you mix it in with his size. So uh, AJ Brown, I think, is is has all the makings to be uh, an absolute uh, dynamic stud wide receiver.
1: I agree completely. He would be my number one pick as well. Talk a little bit in the article about his collegiate dominance, really rolling up these massive numbers at Ole Miss, despite sharing the field with DK Metcalf. Projected very well, should have been drafted earlier it was surprising to see some of those nfl teams who needed this style of receiver It was surprising to see them uh, stay away finish number three in the nfl and fantasy points over expectation he became the 19th rookie receiver to reach 200 points in the last 20 years and one of the things in terms of having him on your roster this group the rookie breakout group is the most powerful group going forward, rookie breakouts average 212 points in their follow-up campaigns. You had guys like Odell Beckham, AJ Green, Marcus Colston, all of those guys score 280 or more points. During this 20-year period, the only rookie wide receiver who was more efficient than Brown was Odell Beckham. Uh, history tells us being in that group is a very good sign uh, beyond just you know, Beckham's name popping out there. You look at his comps, after his rookie season so a comp four players who've done what he did julio jones is the number one guy pulled up by the screener obviously you are are not going to argue against that keenan allen aj green smith schuster some of the other top guys on the list and as we talked about uh the person maybe that he reminds us of even more than some of those guys would be not a rookie andre johnson but a mid-career andre johnson he he looked that good in the second half of the season with the number two pick here i think i will go a little bit away from the order in the article and grab the top running back from this class in miles sanders a guy who has the run catch uh, hybrid profile someone who we can project to emerge with that receiving value that's so crucial to having these this high expected points floor right in a best case scenario i think we could see sanders emerging as one of those guys with double digit expected points on both sides so moving into that 20 point area certainly among the big names and a couple of other guys who probably will be drafted by us here in the first round would be josh jacobs uh devin singletary sanders is the guy who had the athleticism coming in we know that athleticism is the main key that we're looking for specifically in terms of running back prospects and he has that to go with impressive rookie production
3: yeah and when we look at those obviously when we're looking at the the adp they would have had at the start of the season obviously aj brown would have the the most uh, dynamic spike in value uh not not overall but in terms of these players so far um he would have been going around the, the between the 10th and the 11th pick uh, at the start of the season obviously all the way up to number one now um you mentioned there miles sanders he was going around uh, the one the 103 104 pick uh, and pre you know pre-nfl season so he's kind of going around the same point uh, slightly above it and I, i've been very impressed over the last couple of weeks particularly uh, when he's been given a larger workload with what he's done i've mentioned this player a lot on the the show sean from time to time <laughs> here and it's uh terry mclaurin of the the redskins i'm still not 100 sold on the quarterback situation there but there is a lot of changes ron rivera now the head coach we'll see what happens there but i've just been amazed by his actual right running ability as a rookie i know right running doesn't really translate specifically into fantasy points but it certainly helps you get into good positions to have opportunities to get targets and to get uh you know points sent from those targets so i i think mclaurin is um you know somebody who could be uh, an incredible player um, in terms of he was going uh, 31st overall in the pre-draft kind of draft process and the, what happened was there was obviously that kind of off-season buzz around him and it continued to grow and grow and then obviously had the big game in week one and uh, it kind of maneuvered on from there but I've just been very impressed with um, his ability and I think heading into uh, next season he's done enough in the first year for me to, to push him all the way up there it might seem a little bit high for some but I've just been really really impressed he, he had two games this season uh three games sorry over the the 20 20 point mark he had a couple of games then very close to it but he did have a slump in the mid-season uh between week seven and all the way up to week 14 really um so obviously you'd hope that that's not the case and regular spells next season but I, I think there's enough there that they can get this team kind of i don't think the redskins can can be as bad as they currently are I, I would hope to see them improving moving forward he he's who i would be taking at that third pick do you think that's too high obviously um it's it's a big jump you know almost a three round jump in terms of adp from where he was drafted in rookie drafts
1: no i think that's perfectly justified and he was the player i had at number two in the article i think anyone who wanted to acquire him based on that type of price would be doing the right thing there. Uh, the tricky part now is that there are some players who emerged over the second half of the season who are in that same category. I think perhaps above him again, when we look at how they finished and how that projects to the 2020 season probably one of the safest players who is going to be returning to what we we would guess is a pretty similar circumstance will be my pick at 104 and that will be Debo Samuel here's a player who scored 198 points as a rookie right so in the last 20 years only 19 rookie receivers have scored more points this was a little bit of a surprise to drafters he was drafted just outside the first round in rookie drafts part of that because his Collegiate production obscured a little bit by injuries and a little bit by the pedestrian passing offense at South Carolina, but he finished his career with a 29% uh, market share of receiving yards, which is right around the level you would expect for an elite prospect. Right. So what the 49ers did and to him there made a lot of sense. The interesting thing I think when you break out the Game Splits app and look at what really happened for him this season is that his breakout was coincidental with the trade acquiring Emmanuel Sanders. He scored 7.7 uh, points per game before that, 15.8 afterwards, so uh, doubling there. Obviously we're not looking at this as a situation where Sanders caused the increase. Uh, most of that just the development of a rookie receiver we expect these rookie receivers to score more points in the second half of their rookie campaigns but i think it is encouraging to note that he was able to play well alongside another above average wide receiver the other thing here is that he was deployed all over the field as a rookie he was number two among all wide receivers with 8.2 yards after the catch i think that that style is going to work within what the 49ers do and perhaps as we look at him compared to the other top wide receiver prospects he might have a little bit of a lower ceiling although certainly someone who scores 198 points as a rookie that's not exactly the first thing you're thinking but i think he has a very high floor going forward
3: before we get into the second half of today's show, obviously, we've been talking throughout the show about some of the articles up on the site. Of course, we touch on the tools that are up there as well. Such a great suite of tools, so much good content up on the rotoviz.com website. And as a loyal podcast listener as always we are delighted to offer you the opportunity for a 10 percent discount to a rotoviz nfl pass that is available now through the nfl podcast homepage so is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast that gives you unlimited access to all of the content and tools up on the site that gives you unlimited access to all the content on site all the tools all the fantastic work that you guys are doing you can check that out and, of course, save yourself that 10% discount. I think the site is already at a discount at its current price, but if you get in there and get that 10% extra off, help set you up for the 2020 season. We're here with you all throughout the offseason heading into the regular season. It might seem like a long way away, but if you get that advantage now, start getting in on your league mates, you'll be ready for another championship in 2020. So, once again, head on over to rotavis.com forward slash podcast, get yourself signed up for that extra 10% off. So Sean, as we jump into the second half of the draft here, as we look through it, um, you know i'm going to go the, the, continue the zero rb approach here as, as we look through it there, there's a couple of running backs um, that i do like um obviously you took sanders earlier but i'm going to have to go and this one and and, and take um, another wide receiver and that wide receiver is dk metcalf and somebody who obviously had a bit of a fall um from where he was you know being talked about at the start of the actual nfl draft process um to where he actually went then and up with the seahawks um but in terms of um like where he was he was going around a similar spot he was going around the seventh pick overall at that stage uh, I would be taking him here at sixth off the or sorry fifth off the board um, I think that he's showing a lot more than we expected I think he's probably actually the perfect fit for the Seahawks offense in terms of what Russell Wilson can do with those deep passes in terms of what they try to do with play action and although I've been looking for the Seahawks to throw the ball more for a number of years I hope that it doesn't work out for them this weekend uh, but in terms of DK Metcalf i think that this offense is really um set up perfect for him obviously we've seen obviously in terms of you you have it in here too but his combined percentiles everything is off the chart except the stuff that's really at the wrong end of the chart in terms of the shuttle and the tree cone drill what the the seahawks have tried to do is eliminate that in terms of it's pretty much give him plays that he has to be more athletic than the other player and then try and catch the ball at the end off that play so in terms of straight line speed uh, in terms of vertical jumps in terms of all that sort of stuff gives him uh, you know a, a large freak score and gives him an opportunity to be able to do those uh, you know those things across the board so i think that we with this offense i think he's a player who could have went to a different offense and it could have been an absolute disaster for him i think what uh, pete carroll the seahawks have done for him playing with russell wilson um, is, uh, is is really positive and bodes well for his future. Do you think Metcalf is somebody who, like, I can't remember all the way back to the preseason, but is he somebody who you had hopes for, or did you think that there was, uh, you know, an expectation that things could go wrong for him?
1: Yeah, definitely. As you explained it, I think that. We could have seen things go either way for Metcalf. Certainly that's what NFL teams thought as well, where a number of teams that needed receivers passed on him for players who, at least at this point, certainly now appear to have much lower upside. You mentioned his combine results and the extraordinary numbers there, except for in the agility drills. One of the interesting things is that our research uh, does suggest that agility is a key component for the big receivers. So perhaps especially relevant for him, but as you mentioned the Seahawks finding ways to get around that and certainly the uh, game ceiling catch in the wild card there I uh, gave a sense of exactly how they're doing that Metcalf now for me is a guy where I would consider him those after AJ Brown those next three guys with McLaurin Samuel and Metcalf very very close and Metcalf probably with the most upside certainly the volume long term in a Seahawks offense that will prefer to run might be a little bit of a question he does have uh, another receiver there who uh, could battle him for the top spot even just on his own team so some potential red flags that Metcalf with an absolutely monster ceiling you mentioned staying away from the running backs here but I do think the next two guys are probably those running backs in the article I tried to reflect what I think is the safe way or the way that most drafters will take or would take if they were redrafting this and went with josh jacobs and actually went with him at the 105 but dropping down now the question for me if i'm on the clock between jacobs and Devin singletary i'm gonna go with maybe the sleeper pick here in terms of singletary having that explosiveness that we like to see A, a very interesting dynamic because obviously he bombed the combine as opposed to Metcalf who had the elite performance there but Singletary was this explosive threat in college that immediately translated to the NFL where he averaged 5.1 yards per carry and 12.4 fantasy points over expectation and we talked about Blair's research in the wrong read number 52 I encourage people to go check that out you know rookie year efficiency at the running back position very positive as it relates to second year performance the other thing for me with Singletary there. 42 targets, 29 receptions, looked explosive in the passing game, looked good uh, in both facets in the Bills' playoff loss. I think that he has more he's got a a more varied skill set and he brings that receiving ability to the table at the NFL level that we haven't yet seen from Jacobs. Now Jacobs showed some of that in college certainly could build that out. I think if the Raiders are going to get where they want to get, they're going to have to build that out. But Singletary for me has exactly what I'm looking for in a running back. And I like these small guys. You look at where we were this season with Christian McCaffrey, um, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, the three of them finishing in the top four, running backs and in part because their profiles and their hybrid profiles really fit what we want in the contemporary NFL I think Singletary could take the next step and never be in the Christian McCaffrey category but he could be one of those guys where because of his profile you know he's consistently challenging in the top 10 running backs so I'm going to go with the upset there certainly would not argue against anyone taking Josh Jacobs who had a fantastic rookie season
3: yeah I agree with you there and I, I would take Singletary as well but more so just uh, he, he seems to be for me a player who while he hasn't even had the full opportunity has there's a lot of runs when you watch him play that he's making more of those runs and he's more elusive than uh you know showing up in the stat sheet and i think then if this team continues to improve and he continues to get a larger opportunity that'll lead to more fantasy points uh, we i touched on it with you before but i think if we could get a situation where uh you know josh allen would like to check the ball down when he's under pressure in those situations we could see a lot more uh ppr points and then of course yards after the catch uh to to singletary um i think like we've seen a number of times how raw josh allen still is and that playoff game in terms of some of the decisions whether it was taking sacks or whether it was the the play where he tried to lateral it and luckily went out of play there's a couple of things there but i think that uh, out of the two of them i think the upside is there for singletary um he's somebody i've been impressed with as the season has gone on um sean in terms of the players then that that do remain obviously josh jacobs was the player you mentioned i think he is uh, the the safest pick probably ahead of singletary but i think singletary is the higher upside um out of the two when we look at the players remaining then you're getting into the the area where there is possible concerns there wasn't uh, there were was some flashes but not consistency as the season went on and um, some players no no real flashes either but we had like the big week uh, i believe it was week one from hawkinson had the the big week and um, we've seen fant have a couple of splash games you know mainly off broken plays which leads to kind of that maybe elevated thoughts of what he could do next year rather than uh, players who've been more consistent but when we look through it, we have and harry tj hawkinson mccall hardman who is just lightning fast uh i wish I, and i i think think in the playoffs we'll see him involved more here um, and, and we'll probably see a spike in his ADP moving forward but McCall Hardman then Noah Fant and then Marquise Brown who obviously the playoffs have an opportunity for some big plays there for Brown who started the season pretty strong and just hasn't been involved as much then over recent weeks uh, what's, what's your thoughts if you had to pick one of those guys who you think could push into that top half of this list and uh, by the end of next season which of them would you be picking?
1: In the article I picked Harry and and love him because his metrics entering the NFL were so good, really looked almost exactly like A.J. Brown, but a little bit better, right? So you love that. However, the rookie season, a lot of red flags. You look at this offense, again, in the playoff game, uh, we talked about bounce-back receivers in our episode earlier in the week. Muhammad Sanu on that list, one of the things we didn't discuss in that show, but the fact that his efficiency once he moved to the Patriots uh, just fell off a cliff. A lot of problems with this offense, so I'm going to go with Hawkinson. If you can get that stud tight end, then it really changes your dynasty roster compared to your opponents in terms of what both your floor and your ceiling is. So we we saw that big game in week one. If he can get through the second season without those injuries that really uh, hamstrung him throughout the year, then I think he's ready for a massive jump. Nine ten. You mentioned Hardman. Would you go with him here, or do you like Harrier fan?
3: I think I would have to go again when I'm when I'm looking at the upside. I would have to be going for uh Hardman at that point. Uh, I just think there's there's so much. Um upside but the problem is is that offense has so many pieces you know they have uh, Watkins still there we'll see if he's still there heading into next season but you also have the players then who are looking at um, across the board in terms of like we mentioned on the show earlier this week as well um, with Hill and obviously if Kelsey there there's just there's so many pieces but I think what you mentioned there about Hawkinson um, I think that this would be a prime opportunity to acquire either him or Fant as we head into the the season and because you're looking at these players usually I think with tight ends it's gonna be a little bit of a later development. And it's also the the key is if Hawkinson had that game in week seventeen, we're looking at this in a totally different perspective. So I think uh he's an interesting person to target and, and so is Fant as we as we move forward here. Um running through the rest of it then Sean, after Hardman who would be who would be next up for
1: you? I'm gonna go ahead and again let Harry slide. I'm gonna go with Fant here. Uh, I I just want my dynasty teams to have this tight end star power right now all of them are set with a build that includes either george kittle or travis kelsey you look at fans comps in the box score scout the top two comps there are kittle and kelsey he has njoku gasicki and Johnu smith also on the list obviously gasicki emerging here a little bit at the end of the second season and you mentioned that we have to be patient for tight ends but uh the breakout tight end research shows the top 100 picks they break out in year two far more often than any other season and so if we wait and don't get huckinson don't get fant now you could be waiting forever because certainly to get a guy like a Kittle, get a guy like a kelsey uh, at peak age you have to pay so much that it makes it uh, very prohibitive so i'll go with fant there
3: yeah, and the last one remaining then, um, if I am correct here, Sean, and, and looking through it, um, I believe then is Marquise Brown off the the Ravens. Um, so obviously we have him with Lamar Jackson. I think there's an interesting dynamic where they could develop together as as Lamar, get, you know, will eventually, I would imagine, start to have more uh, passing attempts. I'm very interested to see what happens in the playoffs if they do go behind and if it is left more so um uh, to to the passing game to see how they can come back into it. But uh, Brown still has some interest uh you know kind of abilities but I remember talking about it you know around the draft time and then after the draft that there was two Browns on the board and it was AJ Brown Marquise Brown and uh, there was only one of them that we ever wanted at at that stage and um, you know I still would have concerns about Brown's size obviously that's not as much of a factor in in the league anymore but uh, you know with the game how it's been played but I would still have concerns but I still think there's there's still a strong upside there for him to to develop heading into that second year
1: Exactly. And I think you mentioned uh what you mentioned in relation to Hawkinson also applies here. Brown had, had his first couple of performances of this of the season uh, toward the end, we would be looking at him as a massive breakout candidate for 2020. Uh if you look at his resume not taking leaning spot into the equation, he actually had the number one ranking in our rookie wide receiver model based on all of his different pre-draft metrics. So, someone who had a lot of upside, the NFL agreed. Ravens took him very early. There, got off to the quick start, looked uncoverable in some of the games. Looked like he had a very good rapport with Lamar Jackson, and then the injury set in, and then the offense. Uh, became even more Jackson and run centric in the article. I I touched on the fact that the Ravens were dead last in expected points to the wide receivers and not just dead last, but we're talking about gaps that are absolutely gigantic. The Falcons, for example, had 694 expected points to the wide receivers. That was actually a, a pretty Large gap over number two, where the Rams were down at 650. But then, just to, to give that sense of contrast, uh, posted the number 31 and number two, 32 offenses. Obviously, for us with Stefan Diggs, it's not great that the Vikings came in there with only 331 expected points. So, again, that's less than half of where the Falcons were at number one. And then the Ravens even trailing them by another 40 points or so down below 300. So, the overall size of the pie here is a problem, but one of the things that we can expect to see is this offense, uh, it's not going to go from number 32 to number one, but we would expect it to move back toward the middle to not be so disastrously low in the future. Once that happens, if Brown emerges like we expect, uh, then you know, he's going to be someone who will contribute to your roster. So if you can buy low on him at this point, I don't think that you'll be sorry in 12 months from now
3: yeah and i think you know even if they go from 32 to 22 you know there's a sizable jump in that you mentioned the pie the pie gets a lot bigger and then obviously there's a lot more to go around so let's see i think that's a, a really interesting point you made there uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun running through those picks again and of course it'll be interesting to see how that even affects as the, the playoffs go on here some of those guys still involved uh, and uh, it'll be something i'm sure we'll revise here as we we head forward but that's going to do it for today's edition of the show um, of course i mentioned on the previous show the shorter kind of version moving forward here for the next couple of weeks anyway heading into the off season Uh, two shorter shows one wednesday one friday so make sure you're subscribed to get both shows as soon as they come out Uh, you can subscribe on all the different platforms that you like to listen on my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and of course my co-host is sean siegel make sure you're checking out all the fantastic work he's doing up on the road of his site and until we're back with another one of course have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at RhodevisRadio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at RotovizRadio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rodaviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash
2: podcast. Nobody builds 5G, like Verizon builds 5G.